life-changing power in that name. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. And we can and should call on that great name because there's power in that name. All power in heaven and earth is given to that name. There's nothing like the name of Jesus. But allow me for a moment to change the climate in here. We've all faced things that didn't go how we thought they should. We've all encountered situations that we would have rather not faced. Some are in storms even now that you wish would end and add to that the weight of all of that is we just talked about the name of Jesus and the power in that name and all that he could do. So can I be so bold to say he can end the storm. He can touch the situation. He can change the situation. But what if? So the serious question I have to ask you this morning is, what do you do when you're disappointed? Humans are unique and fascinating, but sometimes we follow certain patterns and all end up in the same boat when we are disappointed with an outcome. That's often why we blame things. In other words, we often cope with our disappointment by blaming someone or something. I have named the problem that you have because my parents did or didn't do this or that. I left the church because... Someone offended me or someone aggravated or someone hurt me. I, I got a speeding ticket and disappointed over that because that police officer had nothing better to do. I, I'm going through this issue in my life because I don't pray enough or because I didn't fast enough or come to church enough or I'm disappointed in my life because mom did this or dad didn't do that or the pastor acted that way or the teacher said that or God didn't answer prayer. You get my point. Disappointed. So there must be a reason we would say somewhere we look for the cause and effect. We search around until somehow we make sense in our own minds of things around us, even if it's wrong. I've spoken from this passage of Scripture many times. It's a fascinating account, and we'll go with John chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, and uh, social media team will... Are, Production team will pat. Well, I'll just walk through these two and lead them up until verse five, starting with verse one. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was born blind or who was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him the cause and effect. They asked him, trying to figure this out, to make sense of this. They said, Master, in no other reason, but just. Probably someone sinned. Who sinned that this man or his parents, who sinned that he was born blind? Now think of this. If it were this man, I guess they figured he sinned in his mother's womb. But there had to be a reason. Even if it didn't make sense, there had to be a reason that this happened. They were just trying to figure it out. It must be a cause. This has to make sense. Verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. This, he was saying, is not a sin issue. The man's blindness will result in God getting glory. You have to remember, as, as humans, we have limited perspective. We can never see the whole picture. 
That's why we struggle so much with disappointment. We struggle so much to diagnose why do bad things happen? Verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. Verse 5, final verse, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus was saying this is his time, and his time was short, and he had to carry out his mission. He had to proclaim he was the light of the world. And in this case, he was getting ready to do an object lesson, as it were, because he was getting ready to perform his sixth miracle and bringing light to this blind man. As hard as it is for us to understand and for us to comprehend and explain, God is always working. The song that we sing sometimes, even when I don't see it, he is still working and doing something. That's what faith is. Disappointment and doubt will block that. Trying to figure things out with my own brain power isn't always going to work. That's why this is a walk of faith. We just keep trusting when it isn't easy, when it's not convenient, when it would be make when it, would, when it doesn't make sense, and it would make sense just to blame somebody or something and wallow in our disappointment. That is there when the faith rises up and we hang on to God and know that. That he's still working even when I can't see it. No matter what it is, if you allow him, God can receive glory in it. He will use brokenness and thirstiness and mistreatment and pain and sorrow. I don't know how he can, but God can. I'll have to say it is sometimes peculiar how God works to change situations, to turn things around to get the glory. There were times throughout the word of God where the Lord said, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God was about to deliver those people. And he said, you don't have to lift a finger. Just be quiet and watch me work. And he did that. Even closer to this account that we're looking at in John chapter 9, there were times where Jesus just spoke the word and the blind immediately saw or the cure the leper was cured by just the spoken word and just on the spot. But this time... After Jesus had this little conversation with his disciples, he spits on the ground, makes a mud pack, smears it on this guy's eyes. Now, if you can see, if you have eyesight, and someone takes a mud pack and smears it across your face over your eyes, you'll no longer be able to see. Is that correct? This man, who was born blind, could not naturally see. Now, since he met Jesus, he has more on him than before he met Jesus. Even if his eyes did work properly, after Jesus got done with him, he wouldn't be able to see. Let me put it like this. This blind man received a touch from Jesus, but not his miracle, not his healing, not what he really needed. There are some people who come to church 
They like the music and they like the exuberant worship. They like to feel the touch of God. But after receiving a touch from God, they start to question. They start to wonder about some things. At, at times it seems like there is something more on them after they came to in contact with Jesus. You had some situations and you had some issues and you had some things that the Lord stopped you in your tracks and was working on, but now there seems somehow to be this added layer. You may be a little more uncomfortable than you were when he first touched you because I don't like mud in my eye. I don't like spit running down my face. Everyone around me is sort of looking at me like, what is going on? Why are you doing that? What is going on with you? And you can stop right there if you want and let the mud pack dry and just tear it off yourself. But you just got a touch. You didn't get the miracle. That is where we find this man talked about in John 9, standing there, not only blind, but now with mud and spit covering his eyes even more. Then Jesus says, be healed. No. Then Jesus says, go. He didn't heal him immediately. He didn't just speak the word. And it was done. He touched the man. Then he told the man, go. Don't just stand there with a touch from the master. Go. Go blind. Go broken. Go insecure. Go sick. Go in pain. Go confused. Just go. Do what God has told you to do. Because Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this one thing, that he which hath begun a good work in me will perform it unto the day of Christ Jesus. He's not going to leave you half healed. He's not going to leave you half saved. He's not going to leave you half delivered or half changed. Patriarch Abraham, where are you going? I don't know. God said to go. And I'm just walking. I don't know where I'm going, but he said to go. And that's what I'm going to do. You have to understand, there is a certain amount of blindness that goes along with faith. If I know where I'm going, if I know what I'm doing, if I can see the next step, then it's really not faith. It's when you're not only blind, but now you have some extra things on you, but you're still obeying the voice of God. This makes no sense, but I'm still going. There seems like there would be a much easier way, but he said to go, and I'm still going. You sent me blind or broken or weary or unsure or weighted down, but I'm still going. Because there is a miracle in the process. Brother Brendan preached so beautifully here a few Sundays ago. Uh, your response matters. What are you going to do after Jesus touches you? 
the Jordan River had not stopped flowing until the feet of those, of those priests hit the water as they went, then it stopped. A commander of the Syrian army named had leprosy. The prophet told him, go to the Jordan River and dip seven times. He wasn't healed on the first dip, or the second dip, or the fifth dip, or the sixth time he went down. But do you know why we can still rejoice, even though he didn't have his miracle yet? Because he at least went. He was at least in the water. Because Naaman, against all odds and common sense, went and did what God said to do by the prophet. This man born blind... He received a touch, but what he did next was just as important to the miracle to occur. This man went. Even on the journey, and while he just got to the pool, hear me out, that's still something to rejoice about. We can praise God. Because the blind man's success just to get to the pool was somebody else's normal. You may have no problem walking to the pool. You can easily see and find your way. But this man, blind, mud on his eyes, spit running down his face, stumbling into people, bumping into people. It wasn't easy, but he was going and he was obeying what God told him to do. This is why for some of us, getting up out of bed and cleaning up for church and driving here in our uh, fancy automobiles and eating a donut and fellowshipping and enjoying a B3 class and clapping on two and four and maybe even do a little two-step now and then, smiling and enjoying service. And I'm not knocking that. Thank God for all of that. But I still rejoice with the person who fought hell all week long. They didn't rest well because their life is in turmoil. They have things weighing them down. They couldn't even find enough energy to get here at the 10 o'clock service. They stumbled to their seat and tried to whisper a prayer. But I rejoice because they're here. At least they're in the house of God. At least they're going. At least they're doing what God said to go. He fell in touch. It's not easy. You may not be able to stand on the songs and lift your hands like others, but you're here. You're going. You're heading the right direction. But as he started washing in that pool of water, dirt started coming off. The extra weight started leaving. He started to feel better. And then a couple more blinks, he received what he came to the water to receive. Don't be weary in well-doing. Keep washing in the pool. It may be you only can get your hand this high, but lift it in praise and surrender to God and keep washing in the pool. Maybe you can't clap your hands in praise on every song, but something down inside of you says, 
I'm just gonna keep walking. He said to go and I'm gonna keep going. There's not time to blame others or try to figure out why that happened or this didn't happen. You've made it this far. Just keep washing in the pool. Just keep praising him because you know it's the right thing to do. When this man was healed, he came back seeing, the Bible says. And verses 8 and 9 tells us that his neighbors or people knew who knew him, people who knew he was blind, people who watched him sitting there begging, they weren't even sure who he was. Verse number 9 says that he is this, the guy that we watched begging, and some of them were like, no, it just looks like him. I'm not sure who this really is. Let me tell somebody in the house tonight, he can change you so much, somebody may not even recognize you anymore. He can change you so much that there is something so divinely different in you. Stand in this place. Isn't that the guy that used to be addicted to alcohol? No, he's a new creature in Christ. Isn't that the adulterer? No, they're a new creature in Christ. Isn't that the person who used to lie all the time? No, they're a new creature in Christ. Isn't that the young person that was so timid they couldn't even worship the Lord? No, they're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Everything has become new. It's just a touch of him, folks. You may have received just a touch, but I beg you, don't stop there. Just keep walking. Just keep going. Just keep doing what he said. Just keep praising your way through and worshiping your way through.